The C-Suite is a podcast about sharing entrepreneurship stories and illuminating financial concepts in a way that speaks to who we are as creatives, as small business owners, as entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs, not as finance executives. Each episode features one finance term that is explained through career stories in conversation with friends. So join me as we dive into the highly personal stories that bring finance to life. Because you can do this. You can learn to understand it intuitively. And when we do that and put new ideas into context, that's when we can learn, plan, and thrive. Welcome to the C-Suite with Catherine. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me today in the C-Suite with Catherine. The C-Suite with Catherine is a podcast about entrepreneurship and small business finance through the lens of career stories. Today's episode is a slightly different take, and we'll be diving into a bit of the mindset work around why it's so hard to talk about money and why, as small business owners, busy business owners, it's tempting to just cover our eyes, plug our ears, and ignore the topic entirely. And instead, just focus on trying to generate more income, because that'll solve our problems, right? Not quite. So we talk a lot about words on this show. Finance terms, we define them, we give them life through story. That's the whole point and the whole premise of this show. But what I also really want to make sure we're accomplishing together is making it all make sense. And critically, stepping away from the things that hold us back from being successful as entrepreneurships, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, business owners, and people thinking about going into business for themselves. There's a huge block about money and shame and fear, and it's all tied up in worth, whether we're worthy enough to pay ourselves first, whether we deserve a salary, how to navigate making sure we're paying our team, our contractors, the people that we work with and that make our businesses thrive. There's a lot here, and I really want to get into it. So today's episode was really inspired by the fact that pretty much every conversation I have with small business owners in my business starts the same way. They lean forward. We're usually on Zoom. They lean forward, look me dead in the eyes through the camera and say, Catherine, don't judge me. They then go into all of their financial fears and shame. They list out debt, mistakes they feel they've made. They tell me childhood stories and why all of that is still at play in the day-to-day of running their business. And really, why all of that is the reason that they're not making plans for themselves financially within the context of their business. Now, I pride myself on creating a safe, friendly, supportive, respectful, empathetic space to talk about money in our businesses. And I'm grateful that the people I work with are open to sharing with me. And what it's taught me is that we're really all the same. Sure, we have different businesses, different upbringings, different opportunities, different privileges, different challenges. But what unites most of the people that I work with is that there's this sense of overwhelming shame and fear around money, however we're approaching it. And at the end of the day, it comes back to worth and feeling worthy to ask the questions. Like, hey, I don't know what a P&L is. 
I don't know what balance sheet means. I don't know the difference between gross revenue and my net income. You are worthy of asking these questions and getting answers. The challenge has just been, it's been really hard to find the answers in a way that makes sense for you. So that's why we're here. Let's get right to it. Are you avoiding your business finance because you don't know where to start? Are you waiting for the other shoe to drop in your business and then you'll just deal with it? Today, we're going to talk about why this is such a common challenge and block to success and look into what brought you here, your why, and how you can channel that to move forward. So the top 10 things I hear from small business owners about money, shame, and fear are as follows. One, can I pay all these bills? Two, why am I always the last person who gets paid? Three, am I saving enough for taxes? Four, I'm not sleeping at night. Five, I'm really worried about being able to keep my team. How am I gonna keep my people employed or my contractors paid if my income stops? I wanna have enough money to be comfortable and not stressed. Then I hear, I want freedom over my time and over my money. I don't want to feel shackled to my business. Number nine is, I don't know where to start. I have no idea. I am completely lost. And number 10, the worst of all, I'm just going to do my own bookkeeping. (laughs) People, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Investing in bookkeeping is one of the most important things you can do for your business, no matter what stage you're at. If you're a service provider and you're telling me, oh, I don't have that many transactions, I really don't need a bookkeeper, you're wrong. You are wrong. You need to learn from the people who know it best before you can ever think you can do it yourself. If you said to yourself at a certain point in the recent past, I'm going to scale back my expenses, I don't need to pay for a bookkeeper. Be honest with me. When was the last time you closed your monthly books? Uh, Are your things piling up? Do you know when tax time comes you're going to have eight months of books to reconcile? I know that that is the deal. (laughs) I know that's the situation because that's what always happens. And you are best served working in your business, on your business, driving it forward, not doing something that's going to, in the end, inhibit your ability to see the data in your business file your taxes on time, pay the taxes that you owe from your profitable engine, and pay yourself consistently and know exactly how much you can afford to pay your people, to invest in new things in your business, and to carry expenses. So today's episode is really a chance for us to sit together and understand why are you plugging your ears and covering your eyes? Are you avoiding your business finances because you just don't know where to start? This is real. Your profitability matters. The secret to paying yourself a consistent salary, to feeling comfortable in your own life, paying your taxes on time, paying your people on time, it lies in all of this work. You matter. And yet this all feels so big and impossible, but I am here because you matter, because it's easy to get through this once you're shown the tools and the structure and the framework. So I created Cashflow for Creatives because small business owners don't know where to start. This is a warm, welcoming, empowering, friendly container 
to walk you through step-by-step, small win by small win toward the next phase of wherever you're going in your business. I will do it with you. Today's episode is a companion to a new training that I've created called Welcome to Judgment-Free Finance. Discover the secrets to stress-free money management in your small business for small business owners who are ready to stop running from the subject. I want to start by talking about why people start companies. I've been privileged to work with literally hundreds of entrepreneurs over the last 10 years, and there are three primary reasons that I see across all these people as to why people start to work for themselves. The first reason people start to work for themselves is necessity. Traditional employment is not an option for a lot of people for a lot of reasons. Being unemployable, air quotes, can take many forms. Being an entrepreneur through and through, being disabled, being in the home because you're a caregiver, or because you've been incarcerated. Sometimes, working for yourself is the only option when the alternative is not working at all. The second major reason why people start working for themselves has to do with identity creation. Another powerful reason to create a business is to create an identity for yourself. This one speaks to me, and it's why I started my e-commerce company in 2014. It also often happens when people who have been kept in the sidelines or the shadows of their life, maybe they've played a supporting role and they have an opportunity to step into the driver's seat of their life, and they choose to do it in a business sense. To use a pop culture example, Melissa Gorga on The Real Housewives of New Jersey started her boutique Envy. This is a great example. She had played, literally, the role of wife and mother for years. And when the opportunity presented itself, she jumped at the chance to craft her own business and vision in her life for herself. The third major reason that I see as to why people start companies has to do with a generational tribute. People start businesses inspired by parents, grandparents, children, relationships, friends, people they've lost, people they met once in passing. I'll give you some examples. So the other day I was sitting at a dinner party and there were a few bottles of wine on the table. There's a brand of wine called Josh. And very simply, on the back of any of their wine bottles, you see the phrase, Josh, created as a tribute from son to father. It's also emblazoned on the about section of their website. We really see this in fashion designers. I've reviewed hundreds of collections. I've looked at hundreds of line sheets, hundreds of lookbooks. And in the vast majority, I would, I would say 65 to 70% of fashion designers' marketing materials, let alone the individual people, reference their grandmother. Christopher John Rogers recently told NPR how he would attend church with his grandmother and was specifically inspired by her head-to-toe monochromatic looks. Designer Sandy Lang told Oprah how her own grandmother and her grandmother's clothes with their colors and prints, which, along with her grandmother's deep love for her, inspired Sandy's work today. A TikToker named Julia recently went viral when she designed her grandmother's abandoned fashion sketches. 80 years after her grandmother gave up on fashion school. So these three reasons, number one, necessity, 
because you simply cannot work a traditional nine to five W 2 salaried job. Or number two, identity creation the desire to go out in the world and literally, this is where we get this expression make a name for yourself. That's so powerful. We see it a lot, a lot, a lot. It's this sense that now ideally, and if you're, you've been listening for a while, you know I believe so strongly that you have to have an idea that is so powerful, it pulls you out of bed. But if you've got an idea for a business and it speaks to who you are and how you want to see yourself in the world, that is reason enough to start a business. And the third reason, generational tribute. This is something that's so core to so many of us. We were inspired by someone in our lives, someone who's come before us, set an example. My personal story for this, it's, it's all about my grandfather. So while I just said I started my first business, more for the identity creation reason, I started my business also to connect with my personal roots. My grandfather was a genius marketer. He worked for a company called Fieldcrest in the 70s and early 80s, and they created linens. Well, he actually worked there his, his entire career, but later in his career when he was in real leadership positions, it was a linens company. So they linens and rugs, towels, sheets, interiors items. Um, t- today, I, I love interiors deeply and constantly do DIY projects, and I'm putting up removable wallpaper all over the place nonstop on anything that is or is not nailed down to the wall uh, or to the floor. But he did Halston's first collaboration with him, and they designed the completely refit Halston's iconic New York City townhouse in Fieldcrest linens from their collaboration. It was the rugs were Fieldcrest in Halston, the the upholstery on the furniture, the sheets in all of the bedrooms and the towels in the bathrooms. It was all their collaboration. Now, I didn't know about any of this when I was growing up and when my grandfather was alive. This is all information that I found through a box that my aunt Lizzie, who had already passed away also, had kept and a sort of an archive of his career and his work. So when I came into possession of this box and, and my Aunt Lizzie was a photographer and a painter and an amazing artist, I couldn't ask her about it and I couldn't ask him. So I started to research and I was at Parsons at the time I'm doing my master's in fashion studies. And so I had access to you know some archives and dug into all of this and discovered that my grandfather, who I was so close to when he was alive, was quoted in these trade publications and in Women's Wear Daily talking about what motivates a woman to purchase something for her home and in conversation with Halston talking about their collaboration. And I said, oh my gosh, wait a second. I say these things. What my grandfather was saying 30 years ago are things that come out of my own mouth talking about what would inspire someone to wear something. And so when I was starting Plan de Ville, I had this goal of, you know, I want to be in Women's Wear Daily talking about my business because I feel like since he was in Women's Wear Daily, maybe he's still got a subscription somewhere up there and he'll see it and it'll be something that we can share because it's a third-party thing that he did and maybe I can do it too. And so these, these reasons are so much deeper and bigger than just making money. These are powerful 
soul motivating drivers of who we are as people and why you're here and why you're listening. And so I want you to start to think more about why you're here and who has inspired you to get here before you start to think about the money. Because number one, if you've started a business out of necessity, that's motivation alone to keep going and to make sure that you're doing this in a way that is sustainable, above board, something you can really plan for, where you can really create value in a sustainable way because frankly, failure is not an option. And number two, if you're doing this for yourself, it's because you don't want to go back to where you were before, whatever that looks like. It's kind of intolerable if you think about it, right? Like You're doing this because you see a world for yourself that you can inhabit and you can become. That's all the reason to make sure you're really practicing self-care through the numbers and the money in your business. And the third, if your motivation is coming from somebody, think about how they would want you to be cared for within the construct of the business you've already worked so hard to create. Or if you're still in your full-time job and you're thinking about maybe starting a side hustle or working on this before you can leave that job, they want you to have the best shot at success, no matter what success looks like for you. And so there, there's some corrective work we can do if we're really focused instead of on, oh my gosh, this is so big and so hard, I don't even want to touch it because I don't know where to begin. I'm profoundly overwhelmed. I got nine months of bank statements and credit card statements unreconciled. I got an empty QuickBooks file because I decided to skip on my bookkeeping. I know I'm up a creek. I'm waiting for the, for the letter from the government or I'm waiting for the next shoe to drop. Put that all aside for a second and think about why you're here and what that reason means for why it's so critical to get this right. So cash flow for creatives is an outgrowth of my advisory work that I do with small business owners. And I started doing advisory work, which was in the beginning, it was sort of operations and sales strategy work. And once I went to Columbia to get my MBA, it shifted into becoming exclusively financial uh, with a touch of operations and a touch of strategy because I come from startups and I can really speak to, okay, we have an idea and we have a customer base, but we have nothing built around that. So I focus on, you know, early stage scaling, typically luxury startups to help them get to the next milestone. What I didn't anticipate in my own business was how much of the work was actually going to be coaching and really therapy and holding space for the business owner on the other side of the table to bring their fears to the forefront of our conversation. Because very often the fear is easily solvable with one financial structural change and then they can move on to tackling the next fear, which is maybe 
just having the next conversation with me about what comes next in terms of maintaining that structure once we put it in place. And part of this is people don't know where to start because they're paralyzed by shame and feeling not worthy of, say, putting themselves at the top of the expenses structure in the business. And even if you know, gosh, I'd really like to be taking a consistent salary, I want to know, okay, I get this amount of money every month from my, my company, therefore, I can allocate this much to rent, this much to my utilities, this much to my fund budget, this much to my savings, this much to my personal debt payments that got to get addressed. Part of my stage one work is helping business owners understand why it is so critical that you come first in your business. We all have childhood stuff, adolescent stuff, things that were said to us as small people (laughs) that have stayed with us. And that can have outsized consequences on how we think about our own worth, talking about our worth, talking about our needs, and navigating that in personal and business. Now, I focus on business, well, because I had a little trouble in the personal side, being able to express my needs and worth. And that definitely drove me toward, I'm going to conquer this money thing. I'm going to work for myself. Why? Well, I really want control over my destiny. I want to be in the driver's seat at all times. And so for others, this could be, I just didn't know how to talk about it in my home. Uh, I didn't like how people talked about it in my home. You name it. We all have something. When you bring personal experience into the realm of business finance, you're bringing deep, entrenched experience that's not always positive or just there's not very much of it, into a completely new landscape, which is full of words that really sound aloof, that don't make sense to us, and that feel totally irrelevant to our own businesses. Um, When I talk about the word funding, I started to realize that doesn't really make any sense to my people. They might be thinking, I hope I can uh, get approved for a credit card. Or they might be thinking, I don't have enough money to cover my bills. They're not thinking, I'm going to go out and seek funding. Now, that's not like how we communicate really as small business owners to each other or to ourselves. So part of the mindset work is understanding, I have existing feelings about this topic. I also recognize I do not have the financial structures in front of me to understand how to begin to wrangle the numbers in my business in a way that makes sense for me. So that is where we come in. That is why this podcast is here and why Cashflow for Creatives exists. Because until you find a safe space to come into a community and say, hi, I'm, I'm showing up because I am not sleeping at night. I know I'm behind on my taxes. I, my Books are completely unreconciled. I don't even know what it means to reconcile my books. And I think I'm effed. At that point, come on in. Like, that is why we're here. It's to say, of course you're feeling all these things. Why wouldn't you be feeling all these things? It's impossible not to feel completely clueless and unsure where to start as a small business owner. Why? This is not taught in school number one. Number two, 
the day-to-day reality of running a business when you are literally running through your day to try to get to the next one does not lend itself to the time to go out and learn the financial skills necessary to really be able to plan the money in your business properly. So how are you possibly supposed to feel any other way than completely stressed out and confused? It would be pretty impossible for this type of work to be taught in schools. Very few people have the experience to be able to talk about what this is. That's where we come in. In terms of the mindset shift, which I hope you can go along with me on during this episode, it's step one saying, I know there's a problem here, but the problem is not me. The problem is not my fault. The problem is I'm building something and I'm not yet a Fortune 500 company who can afford the sophisticated software that can help me analyze my numbers. So what are my options? And up until now, there really haven't been any. The only options maybe are a DIY bookkeeping spreadsheet. And even when I look at those options, I get a little stressed out because, oh yeah, I'm not a bookkeeper. Neither are you, most likely, unless you're here listening about how to build and grow your own bookkeeping practice, in which case, send me an email because we have a vetted network of accountants and bookkeepers, and I want to know you and I want to work with you. But the point here is there are no structural support systems for small business owners. That's why I'm building them. You can navigate this. You need to navigate this. You deserve to navigate this for your own well-being for the well-being of your team, your customers, and the reason why you started in the first place. So to go back to some of the common confessions I hear in these conversations, which to be super clear, I don't view these as confessions. These are our shared experiences. And I'm so glad and grateful that people are open to saying them and saying them out loud so that I can respond with, let me tell you about the gas tank metaphor. So when we're thinking about money in, in our businesses, I want you to think about cash as being the same, same thing as gas in a gas tank. You're getting in your car and you know you want to drive 100 miles. You either have 100 miles worth of gas in the tank or you don't. You might have 75 miles, 50 miles, 5 miles. You might be completely empty. That's just a fact. That's just a fact. There's nothing deeply emotional about that. There's nothing problematic about that. It's just a fact. So it's about step one, identifying where are you trying to go? How many miles away is it? What does your gas tank look like? How much gas is in there? When you look at a map and understand the distance it's going to take to get to a milestone, it becomes pretty simple, pretty straightforward to understand if I want to go here, Well, I need the equivalent amount of power to get there. I need the gas in the tank. Money in a bank account or access to credit is gas to put in a tank. It's in a tank if it's in your hands already. And understanding how can I get to my intended milestone with the amount of gas I have today is the the challenge. So it's recognizing, step one, what's it going to take to get to your milestone? And how much do you have in the way of resources now to go there? And the distance, the distance between where you want to go and the gas resources you have today, this is where cash flow challenges come from. And closing this gap becomes the work. 
in the end of the day, all of the confessions, all of the things people tell me and share with me tend to come back to a central point, which is I started this thing for more freedom, more flexibility over my time, and to be able to support myself comfortably. So let's talk a little bit about that. The idea of a consistent salary as a small business owner can seem laughable if you are in the weeds and constantly putting yourself last. You're paying everybody in your your organization before yourself. So the idea of actually having a consistent salary can feel impossible. Let me tell you why it's so critical that you do this for yourself. Because if you've got to combat what's in your head telling you, you're lucky to have these people working with you, you don't deserve to come before them, or the old stuff from childhood, other parts of your life, those voices are loud. So let me be another voice in your head who I hope can be a bit louder. Here's why you need to be able to plan so that you can pay yourself a consistent salary. Number one, and this may not apply to you at all, but go there with me in your mind. If you ever dream of selling your company, one of the number one reasons why deals fall through is when someone who's trying to, looking to buy a company discovers that the CEO, founder, president, the owner of the business has not been paying themselves consistently from the company throughout. Why? Every single business needs to have the expense, right, of the leader. People don't, this is not a charity. Even if you have a nonprofit, people got to get paid. And the person at the top of the pyramid, you, is critical to the functioning of the business. So if you are not paying yourself, you're actually artificially propping up your company's overall profitability. Essentially, donating your services. And your services are powerful. You're able to grow your business, move it forward, motivate people, inspire customers toward action. If you haven't been paying yourself an appropriate salary for your business's age and revenue throughout, you are artificially propping up the performance of your business. Someone coming and looking at your business to potentially buy it knows that they would have the expense of a CEO. So if they're looking at your bottom line and saying, okay, okay, this company is generating X in profits every month, year, here's their top line sales, they're expecting between your top line sales and your profitability at the bottom that the expense of you is captured somewhere in there. And if they find out, oh, no, I actually haven't really been paying myself because I put everybody else first. I don't really feel comfortable paying myself a salary because of my own stuff. Um, Or I just haven't prioritized figuring out how to do it, how to make sure there's sufficient cash in the business to pay my own salary. They're going to walk away from the deal because your financials do not reflect the inputs in the business your role in the business. And so your profitability is not correct. Number two, you need to pay yourself a consistent salary if you want sustainable growth in your business. You need to feel supported and that your needs are met. And yes, you need to feel motivated and incentivized by your business in order to continue to show up every day and do it all well. You know, they say if you're on an airplane and there's turbulence and the oxygen masks come down, that you have to put it on yourself before you help someone else. Quite frankly, this is the best metaphor ever for why the business owner needs to get paid first. If you don't have your own needs met, you cannot show up with gratitude, confidence, clarity, focus, 
excitement, purpose, the list goes on and on, for your people. If you're not paying yourself an appropriate salary and you're slaving away to make sure you can pay all the other people in your organization, you're going to show up from a place of lack, scarcity, resentment, and that is never going to build a team. That is never going to move you forward. And number three, and this may be the hardest one to really believe when I say it to you, but I'm going to get you there. Number three is that you are worthy. You are worthy of your goals. You deserve to be paid. Think about the why, the reasons you started this. Number one, necessity. Where you've been before. This is not a place you want to go back to. You want to feel empowered, in control of your life, knowing that you can generate for yourself, your family, whoever motivates you. If you became a small business owner out of necessity, you have to, you have to make it work. If you became a small business owner out of necessity, you have no choice but to make sure you can pay yourself a consistent salary. You have no other option. What better reason and motivation to push all the self-worth issues aside that keep you from putting yourself first in your business? Number two, generational tribute. If you were inspired to start your business because of someone that you loved, think about what they would want for you. They would not want to hear that you're putting every Tom, Dick, and Harry in your business before yourself and that you're up late, worried about the debt in your business, worried about how you're going to maintain your team structure. That is not what they want for you. And if you, if you started your business to create an identity for yourself, you will not be able to keep it up if you haven't intentionally planned a consistent salary for yourself in the overall structure of your business. So in closing, that's why I'm here. I have seen and personally experienced hundreds of entrepreneurs' stories. They have so much in common, so much purpose, so much motivation, deep, powerful reasons as to why they started their businesses. And then there's the personal mindset blocks that keep them from approaching the money in their businesses objectively, combined with the fact that it's very hard to find practical resources I'm talking spreadsheets, people, and coaching and training to help you understand, okay, if I can put aside my personal sense of fear, shame, self-worth challenges, if I can put all that aside, well, then what? If I've conquered that, what am I even supposed to use to look at the numbers in my business? Cashflow for Creatives is intended to be a warm, welcoming, empowering space For you to step in, say, hi, I hear it's okay with you guys that I don't know anything about what comes next. I don't know where to start and I'm overwhelmed. And I'm like, yes, come right in. That was me. That was me. And the solutions, they are straightforward. They make sense. They're pretty easy to implement. If they're hard to implement, we're here to help you. I personally work and support the entrepreneurs in our program because it is a straightforward solution. It may feel so impossible to believe that. And I respect you if you're like, no way is it straightforward. And it it can get complicated, right? But the structures are what are straightforward. Your information, of course, that's unique to you, but it can all flow. And so I hope this was helpful. If this resonated with you, the next best thing you can do for yourself and for your business and for your sanity is to watch the training that's linked below in the show notes. 
It's called Welcome to Judgment-Free Finance. Discover the secrets to stress-free money management for small business owners. And it's for small business owners who know they're ready to stop running from the subject. I'll see you on our next episode. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of The C-Suite with Catherine, your friendly source for small business finance and career guidance through stories. I've linked all the resources that we talked about in this episode in the show notes below, and I can't wait for our next episode together. Thank you so much for being here. Take care. Take care.